I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? I'm sick of snow already. Sick of snow? What? It's not snowing. I'm sick of snow. It's not snowing. But we just watched something with some snow in it, and I went, oh, I don't even want that to come back. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, we talked about uh, watching Black Summer, and uh, I will... I will say this, we watched some Black Summer, and we're going to talk about it. We did not it. finish season two. No. We did no. not finish, no. And, and, and I, 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 I'm sorry, Brent, you're going to probably be disappointed with our conversation. That's fine. That's fine. You know, we can't like everything, but I don't want to tease any further. We're going to jump into the show, and we're going to start things. And I think, I think, I think Brent will like this. Say, say bye, Stubbs. Oh, <laughs> smack of you. <laughs> well, we did a giveaway, a special giveaway for Stubbs the Zombie on PC, a Steam code. And uh, Brent, you're the winner. So um, as a and, and he he did not win because um, as a preemptive apology for our discussion on Black Summer uh, later on in the show. But he is the winner. I'll reach out with the code. Um, you may even get the code before you listen to this. Ooh. Yeah. So um, look forward to that. But Lou, let us get closer to Black Summer by going through the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. All right, Lou, we're going to kick things off with Back for Blood, which is having an open beta this weekend. We try to keep our news and content, frankly, um, evergreen, because we know a lot of people like to go back to episode one and listen to the whole catalog. So in two years, when you get to this point and you're like, oh, man, I'm really glad they talked about the Back for Blood beta for so long. Uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, however, it's an open beta right now, started uh, as of this recording Thursday august 12th at noon pacific so it's live right now um and will run until uh sunday uh no the 16th that's not sunday monday it'll run till monday at 3 p.m eastern so if you want to test out your pc rig for back for blood or even see how it runs on your xbox or playstation consoles you can do so through the open beta which is running right now um Lou and I are going to try to get our hands on the beta, find some time this weekend to play. Um, it might be separate. Yeah, we were going to try and play it together, but unfortunately I have a bunch of family obligations this weekend that are going to kind of bounce me all over the place. So I'm going to try it. I, I should have some time to play it. I just don't know when. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'm probably going to run it on... Because the game is going to be on Game Pass, I'm going to probably test it out on PC and my xbox series x just to see how uh it performs on both those systems because i know from a multiplayer standpoint 
Um, PC is usually where a lot of my um, my friends play, including Lou. So I'm also fingers crossed for some cross-play because I know Lou really does not want to get it on Game Pass. He wants to p- pay for it on Steam, which I respect. I really do. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and 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 I actually I I want to say this something I learned that was interesting this week because I mean I've been paying attention to for for Back for Blood like I've been watching the game paint trailer and whatnot but um I learned something interesting about our voice cast uh the voice of Mom who is supposed to be one of the lead of the group is voiced by Barbara Crampton who we would know from Reanimator she is the 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 love interest in Reanimator. And she's playing the voice of mom. Huh. That's an interesting deep cut. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was looking at it. I was like, well, we got some people, some people with the zombie experience in this. This is good. That's, hey, you know what? I, I, I will give one thing to Call of Duty Zombies um, early on. I don't think they do this much anymore, but their sort of, um, you know, goal of, of, of uh, filling out their cast with sort of B, I don't even want to categorize it, but like, specific cast members for the voice actors i think really sort of brought more to the experience because it felt special right um i'm trying to remember of like specific examples but i'm not surprised she's doing this she's had a real resurgence in her career in the late 90s she kind of stepped away and was semi-retired while she raised her kids and she didn't know if she was going to get back into acting and then she decided to try something and did a bit part in uh, uh some horror movie where she was like somebody's mom or whatever and she didn't ever thought she'd get work again. I saw an interview with her, and all of a sudden she said that every horror director is beating on her door to get her to do bit parts and different things. And over while this COVID thing's been going on, she did a vampire movie that um that where she's the lead. Nice. And um and so when I saw this, I was like, oh boy, I'm actually really excited for this now. Cool. Not that I wasn't before, but I was like, man, this is gonna have some interesting charisma to this. So. Yeah, and it should be noted there was a closed beta um, operating the weekend before. I did have access to it. I just couldn't find the time to sit down and actually play, or I would have had some uh, some impressions um, for the show. But we will certainly revisit the topic next episode. Uh, we have another video game story here, Lou. Evil Dead, the game, has been delayed to February 2022. However... There's a silver lining here because they're going to be adding a single player option to the game. So the delay, they say specifically, will allow the team to add a single player option. Um, I'm guessing they'll also allow them to stabilize multiplayer and, and continue to develop the game. But um, I really like what I've seen of the game so far. And I, I think, yeah, if you need more time, certainly spend more time on it. And I think a single player would be cool. I am always an advocate for a game that needs more time to take it. Yeah. You know, as long as they don't tell me it's going to be two years from the release date, we're good. You tell me it's going to be a year late, that's fine. Take your time. Just don't tell me I'm going to have to wait five more years. Yeah, exactly. I I think, you know, once you have a release date uh, sort of present, and obviously we're we're still, you know, deep in the pandemic, and uh, delays often are attributed to just you know, making sure the team can develop the game in a safe environment. I I think it's good that they've delayed it um, to focus more more on the game and, and make sure it's ready to go because, honestly, I feel like Evil Dead really hasn't been given the video game treatment, um, and the game looks good. 
Well, Evil Dead has had good video has had really good video game treatment, but it hasn't since the PS2 era. Yeah, there was an Evil Dead game. There was there was two or three games on PS. Hmm. I do remember seeing some of that, and they were all and they were all pretty good. Cool. Well, I I don't think I played it, but I remember seeing trailers for it when it came out, and I had no idea what it was. So this was the only one that the only Resident uh, the only Evil Dead game that's not good is the Dreamcast PlayStation One game. Bad. <laughs> well. It was real bad. We won't go back that far. Uh, so, yeah, um, if you pre-ordered Evil Dead, I don't know if you can pre-order yet, but uh, you may notice your release date slip to February of 2022. But I don't even know if we had an original release date. I think they just said 2021. So um, I'm trying to remember if there was an initial release date. We was saying by the end of 2021. So worst case scenario, this got bumped two or three months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So not a big deal. Uh, more time for them means more great content for us, so we will certainly cover Evil Dead when it arrives in February 2022. Finally, um, we begin the negative Nancy-a-thon with uh, Night of the Animated Dead trailer. Lou, yikes. Um, I want you to take this one because you are the de facto busy zombie lord. So I was really excited for this whole idea because I love pretty much everybody that's doing a voice for this. So my hopes were really high. And then when I saw this, it looks like it's a scene-for-scene shot remake of the original black-and-white version, just voiced by celebrities. And the animation is really bad. It feels like somebody's YouTube video. Yeah, and uh... and and my and I have a theory on this. Okay, my theory is is that some movie producer in this COVID thing was stuck in the house, didn't know what to do, needed to come up with some way to make some product and make some money while this pandemic was going on, and all these actors are still stuck in their houses, but a lot of them have mic rigs. So I think he reached out to his friends, reached out to some local animation studio that was looking for some work, had them whip together this because it's copyright free. Anybody can make a Night of the Living Dead movie and just got a bunch of his buddies to voice in it and paid them a couple bucks. And that's why we're getting them. it was something to tide them over while they were working while the pandemic was going on. That's my theory. Because I don't remember hearing anything about this until we were, like, halfway through the pandemic. Yeah. Like, we were, like, six to nine months in, and I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what's this about a Night of the Living Dead animated thing? And so my theory is that this didn't even start till like, the pandemic had already begun. Yeah, I agree with you in that the animation quality is not great. It reminds me of, uh, and I'm going to be really negative here, it reminds me of early Flash animation. Yes. And yes, the idea of what, you know, evolved from flash animation has certainly come a long way. And um, this animation style is far below my expectations of of um, what an animated movie should and can be. And um, you're right. It really feels like they've taken Night of the Living Dead and they've translated scene for scene to an animation style that feels very there's literally there's literally a scene where they have barbara 
standing and doing something, and it looks like someone took the scene from the movie and traced over her. Yeah, like rotoscoped. Like, yeah, it looks like someone rotoscoped her, and I went, ugh. Yeah, I agree. And and you know what? You, we talk about the star-studded cast. Um, it also feels like the animation's so distracting, and the tra- maybe the trailer's just cut really bad, but, like, you don't get that sense of a star-studded cast being there. <laughs> no, and the other thing, too, is is that, you know, Ben is supposed to be voiced by uh, Dulé Hill, which you'd know from The West Wing, and he was also this, uh, he was Gus in Psych. And I've seen a bunch of stuff with him in it, and he has some charisma. And his lines, he's got more lines in this trailer than just about anybody else. And his lines feel like, yeah, board up the window. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, doesn't even sound like him that could be anybody yeah yeah so anyways this is going to be available on blu-ray or digital um at some point i don't think there's a release date this is the first trailer um although i believe it's 20 oh no we do have a release date it's coming september 21st 2021 uh to digital and october 5th 2021 to blu-ray combo and uh, how long do you think before it shows up on netflix gosh i'm you know i remember when we originally heard about this we were predicting it would be some sort of streaming thing hbo max or something um but yeah i would imagine by halloween or end of the year i i I, by the end of the year this is going to show up at amazon prime or it's going to show up on netflix i guarantee it yeah you don't even think warner brothers would throw it to hbo max isn't that their thing no they're not even going to touch oh okay This this is so bad. I think even Warner Brothers is gonna be like, "What Netflix have?" Yeah. All right. Well. Um. Yeah. It's certainly disappointing, especially uh with you know the source material being so strong. Um. Definitely a missed opportunity. But whether we'll cover it on the show, uh, I think once it comes to streaming, I I'd check it out and we can talk about it. But again, it's we like to we like to cover stuff that we're mostly positive on because like that's what makes a fun show and if we do this show every other week and we only cover the stuff we hate I, yeah i don't think it'd be that fun <laughs> so we, we no. try to keep things fun and fresh yeah i don't yeah I, I i don't like to hate on things but be prepared for our next yeah definitely well that's a good segue let us go and do this Get some rest now. You'll be safe here. Let Uncle Sam keep an eye open. And that, my friends, is the only clip I pulled from Black Summer. We uh, we watched Black Summer all of season one, and um, <laughs> I can only make it through an episode of season two. I, I made it through. I, I made it through two episodes of season two, or I, I I can't remember if I even finished the second episode. I just remember being so frustrated that I. I had to go do something else while I was watching. So. Yeah. Um. So let me start it off with the good. Um. I like Jamie King. Uh. She's the female lead of this. Um. I've seen her in many a horror movies. She's kind of a I wouldn't call her a scream queen, but she's often the badass in a horror movie. Um. Uh. She did a movie called The Triangle, which is kind of a a, a weird uh uh horror movie of somebody trapped in a time loop. It's pretty good. 
Um, she did the remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, that was done in the er, in the late two thousands, and that's a pretty good movie. Um, uh, I think she did the. I think she was one of the heroes in the My Bloody Valentine three D movie with Jensen Eccles. I think she was the love interest in that, and that that's a pretty decent movie. So she's got. She, she's the only person in this whole thing I knew as soon as I saw I was like, oh, yeah, she's in it. And I knew who her husband was in the first episode, and then he dies. And I was like, all right, well, there goes anybody else I know in this mo- in this show. Um, and, I, I, and I don't think she is bad in it. She's fine for what they give her. Um, I think the first episode of this is interesting. Um, it sets up a bunch of different heroes that are all in the same place at the same time, and they all end up leaving in different directions, but all kind of sort of going to the same place and kind of all have their own adventures. I think that that's a neat idea. Um, the thing I think that this does very, very poorly is a lot of crazy things are happening, and what we're led to believe is this is only 45 days into the zombie outbreak. And... There's a lot of inconsistencies, and not like fun inconsistencies where like you're like ha ha. It's like inconsistencies where things just don't make sense. Um, every time I would find I was starting to like a character, they would do something bad. Um, I think some of the scenarios they set up are really interesting. Um, like people get trapped in a diner at one point, and there's zombies outside, and I'm looking at them literally trapped in this diner, and I saw 50 ways they could have gotten out of the scenario with nobody getting hurt. And I was like, why didn't they just do X, Y, or Z? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Oh, wait, that would require creative writing. Um, and, and, and then I was reminded, I forget what it was, I watched the credits of an episode, and I was reminded of why I probably don't like this. It's an asylum produ- production. Yeah. The Z Nation people. And I went, oh, that's right. I kind of don't like anything. It's important to know, uh, you said, you know, Asylum and Z Nation. This is technically a prequel to the Z Nation series, but really only in the production team completely moving from Z Nation over to Black Summer. And the idea being there will never be a crossover because it is so so disconnected um in terms of the timeline because in z nation it's i think it's years or months and 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 is is, and as much as i don't enjoy z nation when i watched the first season there were episodes i did like it was just there was enough episodes i didn't like that i was like this isn't worth my time the episodes i did enjoy were interesting like they do an episode where they end up stuck in z nation where they get stuck and some they're competing for a bunch of guns on the back of a truck. Yeah. And so they have like a shootout contest shooting the zombies. And I thought that that episode was so clever and so creative. And then the next episode, they do something really dumb. And, you know, and Z Nation had personality and had the characters had charisma. And I could tell you their names. I can't name a single character from this. Yeah. I, I agree with you. You know, when it comes to the characters specifically... Um, the only character I really got attached to was Jamie King's character Rose because her story is trying to find her daughter. And as folks know on the show, we spoil things and I'm, and I, and I'm going to spoil something, the end of season one here, which is basically 
the the fact that this show is it's way too bleak it is way too dark everybody's evil everybody's bad everybody's done something right off the bat of this apocalypse that makes them terrible people and to me not only is that unrealistic uh because i don't believe everybody would just turn into monsters both literally and figuratively um i i just i don't want to watch that (laughs) you know uh i don't need that type of content and i mean part of what makes a good zombie story is the glimmer of hope you know there is no hope. nothing there is zero hope here until and and this is how much this show broke me and why i I sort of stopped watching um with the the double punch the end of the season um which showcases our heroes making our heroes and a bunch of people i hesitate to call them heroes but a bunch of different groups trying to make it to the stadium which has been promised as like a safe haven from the military uh, by set up by the military and that episode i felt was like camera work aside because we're gonna i know you had that criticism when we were talking i i I have some complaints yeah but i would say that episode portrayed the chaos of a bunch of survivors trying to get to a point that was supposedly safe while dodging running zombies. I thought the concept and the setup and sort of the, the hairiness of the situation was well portrayed, uh, not well shot. The shaky cam was very distracting and, and um, almost, I had to look away a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say I had to look away. um, And I understand that they were trying to portray chaos, but there's some parts of what was going on that just don't make any sense um, in that action sequence. But I'll get to that when I get to that point. My point was, though, like when it came to the end of that season, when, you know, you see the daughter on the other side. So this whole journey, the daughter is sort of shelved as like, I'm trying to get the stadium, trying to get the stadium. And then at the end, like they come into the stadium and across the stadium is the daughter. And she slowly walks across the you know, the, the, the stadium and there's like bombs going off and, and there, you know, is gunfire. And I, I've, because the show had trained me for the worst, I was like, there's going to be some airplane that crashes on her. There's going to be a zombie that runs out and eats her. And like, that's going to be end of the season. The only reason I didn't suspect that is I had seen clips from a trailer for season two Uh, and it showed her with her daughter. And I was like, well, they're not going to kill her. Maybe the guy next to her is going to die. Yeah. But it was a fairly like we talk about hope and like there is that glimmer of hope at the end of the season, but it's eight episodes too late because like the whole first season is all just terrible people doing terrible things and, and, and just dying, you know, uh, like nobody, there there are a few people who survive. And again, like, because they don't get you attached to these characters, they, they kill them off willy nilly. But again, like part of a good character death is making you care about the character. If you don't care about the character and they die, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, you know. Ugh. When the lady, okay, so let's get started. Sh- started, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get let's get started. I'm gonna talk right about episode two because uh, we've already talked about episode one before. I-, I think episode one is probably this show's best demonstration of what it could have done. Um, yeah. Episode two begins with. If I'm remembering correctly, because I, like I said, I binge watched all of these, so it's kind of a blur. It's, um, the, uh, I can't remember anybody's name. Um, but it's the guy driving his truck with, um, the Korean lady and the, the older lady in the back seat. 
Yeah, Barbara is the older lady, I believe, and Sun is uh, the Korean woman, and then I, I feel like the other guy's Joe. Something like that. Anyway, so they're driving, and he's trying to help get them to wherever it is they're trying to go, and uh, and and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And they're driving along the path, and you can see zombies in the background. There are things running by, and I was like, all right. And then all of a sudden, you see this pickup truck that's, like, following them. And I'm like, okay, so the pickup truck is following them. Why is the pickup truck following? And I was like, all of a sudden, it tries to run them off the road. I still never understood why it was trying to run them off the road. Like, it served absolutely no purpose except to add tension. Like, they were trying to get someplace. Roads were blocked. There were zombies on the road. There was enough there that they didn't need the truck. But then they add the truck, and finally he gets into a, a, a like like a shoving match with the truck where they're bashing into each other, mm-hmm. right? And he's telling the guy to back off, and it's quite clear that neither one of them are going to make it. The, neither one of these trucks are going to make to whatever it is. If they're trying to get them to stop so they can steal gas, right? Yeah. Then they should have set up a roadblock, not try to run the guy off the road. Also, as they're driving around, there's cars all over the place. Like, on the side of the road. Pull up to one of those and try and see if they have gas. It's only been six weeks since the zombie apocalypse began. (laughs) It's not like gas that's been sitting in a car for six weeks doesn't work. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I was like, all right, I'm going to just go with it for now. And he's the guy driving, um, uh, 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 William. Um, he's, he's. So fixated on this truck trying to run him off the road, he doesn't see the thing, the barrier in front of him, and he drives into it. And what happens? Somebody didn't watch Zombieland, <laughs> and the old lady goes through the front windshield. Yeah, you're, you're okay. Uh, yeah, you're in a car chase. You put your seatbelt on, right? Like, like that was what my thought was. Like, I'm like, this guy is bumping them. Why is this lady not wearing a seatbelt? Yeah. And that was another struggle I had with this show is that they went to the well a couple times on the helping a stranger when you're in a car. And I think it's episode one, season one and episode one, season two, where in episode one, season one, Barbara gets is in a car. Someone comes up and say, oh, you know, let me in. You're a good Christian. Move over. We'll go to the stadium together. And the guy basically hijacks the car and then he gets pulled out and gets beat up and then and then that's how the the whole you know yeah and that's how that's how this guy ends up helping her and then that happens to them again in the truck but somebody runs up to them or something and wants to get wants them to help them and he looks at him and he looks at the it looks at Barbara and she's like just keep going yeah and i was like at that point i can't blame her someone just carjacked her and then episode 3 i was kind of excited because they get away from the truck and they run into the 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 diner and I was like, all right, they're in the diner. And he just let in, I thought it looked like two people, but apparently it was three um, from, the, from, the, from the car accident that were trying to run them off the road, right? And uh, so that's what was going on. And I was like, okay, cool. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with them. Instead, we cut back to uh, Jamie King's character and, and, and Rose and uh, and... And and Spears, uh, or James as they call him later on, and he is they they're trying to find they're trying to get to the stadium too, and they decide to duck into um they decide to duck into a school to spend the night because it's getting dark. Yeah, I know where this is going. And I was like, and I was like, and I was like, 
that's not a bad idea. But the school has lots of windows. They can get up on a second floor. Uh, lots of te- school classroom doors are easy to lock or barricade. If they have to, they can do different things. School's not a bad place to hide. And the first thing that Spears says is, we got to make sure there's nobody here already. And so they wander around the school, and they don't see anybody. I was like, all right, it seems like they did a pretty thorough job of exploring this school. And they go back to this one room, and they kind of barricade the door, and they they agree that, like, one of them will take a nap, or or two of them will take a nap, and one guy will stay guard. And Tropey McTrope-Trope, they all fall asleep. And then they hear people out in the hallway. And I was like, okay, here we go. And then we're presented with a Lord of the Flies situation where the kids are luring adults into the school so they can kill them and take their stuff. And they kill off what I thought was one of the most interesting characters. We had a deaf person who couldn't communicate and uh, they were doing their best to try and sign to them. And I thought that this is really creative. And they kill this character off in the dumbest way imaginable. Somebody puts a bag over their head. The kids never ask any questions of the people they kidnap. So they don't know that this lady's this this guy's deaf. So uh, they, so when it's revealed that they pull the bag off the head, the first thing the deaf person does is run towards them, and then they blow them away. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. And then we're introduced to um, one of the characters is looking at a list, looking for his name. I don't see it. That's how little he meant. Um, let's just call him the beard guy. Uh. Yeah, uh, uh, Lance. That's what his name is. Lamp? He's got a beard. He, Lance. Oh. <laughs> and and he is, he's kind of like the nerdy guy. And I was like, all right, I don't really like him, but I can see where they're going with him. He's kind of scared of the zombies. All right, whatever. We Everybody's got a guy. He reminds me of Eugene. And I'm like, all right. And so they have him go through a door with, with Spears, and then a bomb goes off. And the door's locked, and Spears goes, well, he's dead. And I can't blame Spears for thinking that, you know? And so they leave him. The whole school situation unfolds. Some guy rescues them at the last minute. You never kind of get his name. Um, uh, they never gi- they give you his name. Um, and uh, he never really speaks. And he rescues them and leads them off. And then it just cuts away. And that's the end of the episode. And I was like, well, that was a waste. They killed off two characters, and the, and 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 we didn't really get any resolve. And all we know, they, and they end it with the twist: the kids kick open the door again and put the door jam in the door, to lure another adult in. Yeah, that episode was tough. And I was like, and I was like, I understand the concept of a Lord of the Flies. Like a Lord of the Flies scenario would make sense in Z Nation because the kids have been separated from adults for years. Uh, if I was separated from an adult for 30 days, I'd be look or more, I'd be looking for another adult to help me survive, not to kill them and take their stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that that episode, as well as a couple others, are a great example of this show asking you to suspend your disbelief way too much. Because again, with 45 days of the apocalypse, like literal plot the summary of this of this series in in the dark early days of the zombie apocalypse it's like yeah okay they're running zombies it's dangerous but like the army falls apart so quick like we watched army of the dead and even that didn't have this you know uh it had some problems as well but like in the early days of the apocalypse but like 
it didn't fall apart to this extent where everybody just turned into a monster and um yeah it wasn't it wasn't this bleak no and i mean and and so but i was all excited when the next episode begins and we're revealed that lance is alive again and i was like oh good he's not dead <laughs> i was like it must have been like a concru- like like a flashbang or something that's all that's awesome and so he's running around the school and i'm like oh please don't make it take the whole episode take place in the school let us be done with the children and then we are. He climbs up the thing. He goes through a balcony thing. He climbs down a ladder. He gets out of the school and he gets away. And I was like, oh, this is excellent. And so they do this thing where they show his hand. I think it's his left hand. It's covered in blood. And so he's not using it to touch anything. And I'm like, okay, so he hurt his hand. Okay. But it looks to me like it's just covered in blood. It doesn't look like he hurt it. It looks like it's just covered in blood. I'm like, all right. So he's running around. He opens up this door and he keeps reaching over things with his opposite hand to open up a car door, try and start a car, try and do stuff. And I'm like, all right. So obviously his hand is damaged. And then they show him go into like a Walgreens or a Rite Aid or some convenience store and they cut away and then they cut back. And now he has one Band-Aid on a finger and his hands are all clean. And he's wandering around this Rite Aid or Walgreens pushing a shopping carriage. And if you look at the things he's loading in the shopping carriage, he loaded beer. Um, uh, he loaded, like, some toilet paper or something. Like, it was all things that you wouldn't want when you're in the zombie apocalypse. It was like, it was like he was shopping to go home. And I was like, okay. And, I mean, I've been in my fair share of grocery stores or, or convenience stores. There's plenty of things he could be looking for to fight back. You know what I mean? Go down the 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 it, it, if it's a if it's a a place with a pharmacy, go all the way down to where they keep the 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 supplies for uh people. You can grab a cane. Go to the kids aisle. Look and see if they have a t-ball bat or something. Something to defend yourself, because you're clearly good. There's zombies everywhere, dude. You need something to defend yourself. Nope. First zombie walks through the door because the automated door opens up. What does he do? He runs for his life and ditches everything that he was doing, and he runs out a back door. Yeah, and then he gets stuck on a bus. Yeah, and which he could clearly, clearly, he could close the door behind him, and the zombie might not have been able to chase it. Nope, he runs and leaves the door open. All right. Yeah. He runs through another door, and he leaves the door open. And I'm like, okay. And so he runs around, and then it cuts to him on top of this bus. and. He, the zombie is, like, trying to climb up the bus and try, trying to grab him. And I'm like, all right, well, that's interesting. But, like, why isn't he looking for a way to defend himself? That, that doesn't do that. Eventually, the zombie gets wise of him again and tries to get him. And he jumps and he falls through the top of an RV. And you're looking in that scene in the RV. There was, like, a fry pan on, this, on the stove. There was, like, there's all these objects around him. I'm like, why isn't he grabbing something to defend himself? I get it. He's a coward. But at least have something to throw at it so that you can get away. Like, why are you just crying and running away? Oh, I hope you die. And lo and behold, he keeps running away, keeps running away, keeps running away. And he stops because he finally gets away from the zombie. He stops and he sees a dog and he calls to the dog. And I'm like, what's the dog going to do, dummy? And, uh, and, and the dog runs away and he goes, oh. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on here? And... He run, he, all of a sudden, a zombie's chasing him again. He runs into a bookstore, and he ca- there's somebody loading stuff in a car, 
and he calls to them, hey, hey, help me, help me, help me. And so he runs into the bookstore, and I'm like, I'm looking around at the bookstore, and I'm like, I can see about five things he could use to defend himself, and that's pretty good in a bookstore. And lo and behold, he hides behind a book, he hides behind a counter. The zombie comes in, he's sneaking between the shelves, and I'm like, all right. And then magically, the guy he was calling to shows up and helps him. He shoots the zombie. And I was like, awesome, maybe we're going to meet somebody new. And then he steps out from behind the bookcase, and the guy's got a little bit of blood on his shoulder. Doesn't look like a bite to me. Looks like this dude got shot in the shoulder or something. Which, to me, I'd at least talk to this dude before I figure out whether or not I want to stick with him. What does our new hero, who's been a coward the whole episode, do? Picks up something heavy, and he hits the guy over the head, and that's the end of the episode. And I was like, so when did this guy develop a backbone? He's afraid of all these people, but magically a guy rescues him, and a guy has a gun. And he's not afraid to hit this guy over the back of the head. Like, it just, it took me out of his story. And I was like, all right, I'm going to call it. This guy's not going to make it. He's dead. And lo and behold, we don't get any more story from him for like three episodes. And I was okay with that, because he was... He had become a character I didn't care about any. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing about about this whole series and and the characters is that you don't really get attached to the characters because they are all doing pretty. They're all shitty people. They're all shitty people. And I mean, like the characters that maybe stand out would be you know Jamie King's character Rose and and Spears, who you don't really get a, a sense of uh his wrongdoings he i think in the first episode he's kind of held um prisoner by a couple army people it's it's implied he's a deserter right yeah and that he's killed or that he knows where some loot is or something and yeah again this this whole series is sort of part vagueness and part just like we came up with all the zombie scenarios and zombie storylines that are so generic, but also we made we just dialed the the bleakness up to eleven, and that combination just does not make the kind of zombie content I like. And I mean, if you're looking for mindless zombie content that you just want to have on in the background because you like zombie content, then yeah, Black Summer is probably right up right up your alley for that specific requirement but in terms of a long-form discussion on a podcast like it's there's really not a lot there to chew on the closest thing to another episode i liked was the episode where the where lance and son are trapped inside the diner with the three other people that were just trying to kill them my only gripe with that episode is not the situation it's that the writing is so bad because the guy who's supposedly in charge of who was in the truck, this super shady dude, uh, first starts out by threatening them, right? Yeah. And then when he realizes that's not going to work, that Lance can't be intimidated, he pulls Lance aside and is like, yeah, you know those other two over there? I just met them. I don't know them. And they say the same thing to Son or to him later. Like, I don't know that guy. Like, he picked us up in the truck and he was doing us a favor. Like, that's the, 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 like, like, nobody knows each other. So there isn't anybody to, like, 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 li like, Lance helped Son, and she can't speak, but Lance seems like a decent guy. He helped her. The other two people, why they're going along with what the shady dude has to say makes no sense if they don't know him. I would be trying to get away from the dude 
His answer to everything seems to be, let's kill some strangers and take their stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, this guy, the, the best thing that happens in that episode is when, it, when they club him over the head and leave him outside for the zombies. Like, and, and, and the other situation that annoyed me with that is, I mean, I've worked in kitchens and I've worked in, I've been in the back rooms of diners before. You know, it's a small flat building. There's clearly a way to get on the roof. Usually the way onto the roof is somewhere in the back room. There's probably a ceiling panel or something. Why aren't you knocking panels loose to see if you can find a thing to get up on the ceiling? Those zombies running around outside. Wouldn't it be really interesting if you could take a couple kitchen knives, tie it to a rope or something, and hit those zombies in the head and maybe kill them so you can get out of there? No, no, no. We're going to open up the door and go out and fight them. And I was like, okay, well, why aren't you wrapping your arm in one of those? It's a kitchen. Why don't just one of you go out there with a kitchen knife? Why don't one? Nope, they pick up a mallet. Somebody, like, everything they pick up is super lame. And I'm like, I've worked in kitchens. There's tons of stuff. Go get a mop, you know, sharpen the end of a mop. It takes, it take 10 minutes. Go out there with a mop head that's sharp and stab something with it. Break the mop piece in half. He'll give you a piece of sharp. You can stab, stab the zombie. No, no, no. They all go out with, with lame weapons. They try to fight. And what happens? Oh, they all come back inside because they didn't kill a single zombie. <laughs> well, there was only two zombies out there, right? Yeah, I was like, you, I was like, you all suck. Yeah. Okay, Lou, I'm gonna give you a breather here because it, I could tell this you did not like this, and I did not like this. I, I think um, my struggle, and you, you brought up a good point. Like you're in a kitchen. There's got to be kitchen knives, and it, it kind of made me think. Like, do they even? really kill any zombies in a in in any sort of skillful way there are some rogue headshots sure uh there's a lot of body shots with guns but there's no there's no like piercings of the skull like the traditional walking dead kill of just like getting getting it in the head like there's really not a lot of that that was kind of my gripe with this okay let's say this is a world that zombies are a brand new thing they've never seen a zombie movie before you're shooting it in the chest it's not doing anything why don't you aim for the head like after it happens two or three times you'd think aim for the head you know what i mean it's something different you just put three rounds in his in his chest and it didn't do anything maybe put one in its head and then after you see people shoot them in the head you still don't see anybody aiming for the head. And I'm like, they just put one down because you put, aimed it in the head. <sighs> okay. Okay. Lou, so, I know you have one more rant in you because that last episode feels like it it, it got under your skin as well. So I, I don't necessarily want the whole episode to be you ranting about... I get it. Black Summer, it's a bad show. But um, I think, like, there's just... There's not a lot to pull out that, that is good because, I mean... Um, we're, we're going to talk about season two in a little bit of, of what we watched. But before we move to season two, like any final thoughts on season one? Because, again, you, you've you've covered a lot. Let's just talk about the last. Episode. OK, so they get out of this subway thing. Two army guys end up being bad guys. They kill them. OK, whatever. They're they're wandering and they're there's a, You can see the stadium when they come out or like the direction the stadium's going to be like it's just there. And you don't see anybody. They haven't seen anybody. And it's just our, like, six heroes. And they wander off. And as they get closer to the stadium, it was both interesting and 
kind of annoying for me is all of a sudden they're surrounded by more people that are trying to get to the stadium and everybody has guns. <laughs> everybody. And I'm like, okay, everybody that's gotten this far has guns and they just got th walked through a city of the dead to get here. And randomly, there's this woman that clearly ahead is a zombie. They shoot at her. She falls to the ground. Somebody walks over, double taps her in the head. And I was like, oh, good. We're going to get some. We're going to get it's Maybe this is where it's going to get better. And then magically out of nowhere, a zombie. Like there's people everywhere. Like people, people. Magically, there's this zombie that like runs out of nowhere, jumps on the back of this person. and she waves her gun and like shoots in random directions and magically we kill off like two more people yeah. and i was like i was like okay and of course the person who dies they turn into a zombie which of course they do and what does it what happens everybody hesitates to shoot this person in fact somebody tries to push them away with their gun rather than pointing the gun at them. and i was like why are you not shooting people why why are you not shooting the person that just turned into a zombie and then it turns into a whole cluster of zombies everywhere. Everybody runs for their lives. And instead of running to the direction of the stadium, everybody runs in different directions. And I was like, all right, we're getting chaos. And that's when the shaky cam came in. And that's when the show lost me. The shaky cam was so bad. And I know why they did it. I can tell you exactly why they did it. This show did not have a huge budget. Asylum does not make expensive movies. This was all shot on budget. They didn't want to put that much zombie makeup on the zombies. So what's the best way to hide bad zombie makeup? Shaky cam. Because you're never going to see a zombie. You're just going to see somebody with some shit on their face. And that's when, the, and, and, and then they're going to fall down and the shaky cam's going to keep moving. So you're not going to focus on the bad special effects. And that's fine. But this was really bad shaky cam. Like, I can't watch it bad shaky cam. You can still do shaky cam without it being this bad. Yeah. I agree. I, I think the shaky cam was, was not great. And again, this show does so much. Like, when she gets to the stadium and she finds her daughter, I was excited. I'm like, they're at the stadium. But when they get to the stadium, the stadium is empty. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, I get it. They're in the stadium and maybe there weren't people at the gate. But why aren't there people at the gate to defend the gate? Why are they all hiding in the back of the stadium? Why was there nothing in the stadium? That's my question. Is like if you have a stadium, my 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 thought process was like the the army was using that to fly in because it's got an open dome and you plenty of space to land. But there's like not even a folding table set up. Uh, it just looked empty, and I'm like, wow, this is a pristine stadium for like a staging area that it's empty. My favorite thing in this episode is something that you, nobody ever probably even noticed. So Jamie King is looking at the guy with the gun pointed at them. And he's a million miles away. Yeah. And then magically her daughter shows up. I'm like, why? They could have easily have just had her walk across the field. The guy put down his gum, gun and she goes, I'm looking for my daughter. And then her daughter could have sh shown up. Instead, they tried to do it artsy and have the daughter just kind of magically show up and go to her mother. And I'm like, she was in a bunker. We don't know how many people are even in this bunker. Oh, wait, that's why they didn't do this. They didn't have enough budget to put enough extras in this thing and make it look like a thing. So they're going to just do it in this open field. But my favorite thing about this whole scene is they do these long pauses of them looking back and forth at each other. And you can see the banners between each other of like the ads on the stadium field. 
And you can read all of them. But in the far right, there's one that's been blurred out. And the reason it's blurred out is because you know that whoever it is did not want to sponsor this show. <laughs> yeah, it's filmed in uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So uh, I noticed in season two there was a couple RBCs hanging around, which is uh, the Royal uh, Bank of Canada. Um, I, before we moved to season two, uh, there was a, you know, the way the show is set up is it's very disjointed. Um, every 10 minutes or so, there would be like a, a black uh, title card with white text saying, a, you know, a couple words. Which is not a bad thing. It's an interesting idea. They just don't do it right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's But like, it's sometimes characters. It's sometimes referencing what could be a setting or a, an item. But um, the one episode that I felt they... So near the end of season one, the, the characters kind of come together. Uh, so there are a lot of episodes that are less disjointed, but still do the same premise of, of the, you know, cut to black, show the title card. Um, but the second last episode, I think it's called Heist. Um, still not a great episode, but I think was the best use of that disjointed uh, narrative because it is like a, it's like a heist movie where they're showing the different pieces of the heist and that that episode was the only one I felt like, oh, I really feel like I'm starting to I'm, I'm actually able to put the pieces together of what their plan was and how it all kind of worked out. The only thing I didn't like about that episode is I didn't know why they were there or how they knew about the place. Uh, didn't uh, Spears had said he knew of a place where they had guns. He made a couple references to it early yeah, on. And, and that was about it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, OK, so this is where they're going to go get some guns. Pretty much, yeah. And that was fine, and whatever. But the, I, I need to talk about episode one of season two, because <laughs> it upset me immediately. Uh, so Lance, at the end of season one, we don't find out what happens to him. Shooting happens, and he's with some, maybe, or somebody. And what ends up happening is a zombie ends up chasing him, and he's out of bullets, and he runs off in a direction. And we never see what happens to him again. And I was like, okay, all right. So when they all get to the stadium, he's not there. What does, what does episode one of season two start out with? He is somewhere in a park. We don't know if this is right after what just happened. It doesn't seem like it. And he's trying to siphon gas out of a car, right, with a hose and put it in a KFC bucket. Yep. Major sponsorship. And I'm like, and I'm like okay. I mean, if it's the only thing you have around, but I see trash cans behind you, you're telling me you couldn't find, you know, a soda bottle somewhere or something that is better than a thing. And then he walks away with like what looks like maybe, maybe half a liter of gas. And I'm like, I see two or three other cars. Like, why didn't you just try and start one of these? Like, like, all right. And so he gets in the car and he starts to drive away. And somebody stops and asks him for help. And he stops and he lets her in. And what happens? Someone shoots him in the head and takes his car. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is a waste. Like, why are you even showing me this? You could have just not shown him in this show. And I would have just assumed that zombies got him. And so, and the, the, the title of this episode is the name, like, like Jack and, Jack and Amanda or something like that. So, it, we're led to believe that that is the two people that just robbed him. 
And I'm like, they just shot him in the head for no reason. They didn't need to. They're the title card of what they're showing us. And then it's revealed that these two don't even really know each other. They were just trying to wave him down for a ride. And he decided to shoot the guy in the head instead. I think he got him in the neck because the zombie then chased him for like the whole episode. Yeah. And so he chases him for the whole episode. And I'm like, all right. And then that guy ends up dead. Or you assume he's dead. And I was like, what was the point of this? You just showed me a random scene where a character that, let's say, I cared about. I say that with every sarcasm I can mean. But he's somebody that is familiar. You killed him to introduce to me some other character that I don't care about because they're obviously a bad person. Mm -hmm. And then kill them. And then it cuts to the next title card says, four months later. And I went... As if it matters. Okay, as if it matters. And so there's like now snow on the ground. And we see a plane in the distance, which is clearly CG. And we see a parachute come out the back. I'm thinking it's a person. Later on in the episode, it's revealed it's not a person. It's somebody dropping supply. They don't tell us who. They don't tell us why. They don't tell if they're in communication with this person. They tell us nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, so why am I supposed to care? And it cuts to this guy getting chased through the snow. And I was like, oh, is he the parachute guy? Did the guy jump out of the plane because the plane was going to crash or something? And now he's running through this field getting chased by a zombie? This could be interesting. And so he runs through the field. He grabs the fence to get through to get to this house. Somebody shoots the zombie and he looks up grateful. And then they shoot him in the head. And I'm like, this is five minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think people understand that we did not like Black Summer season one and two. And I mean, I don't want to cut our conversation short, but we are hitting the hour mark. But I'll let you get your summary in for sure, because there are other issues with this premiere. But you nailed it on the head with the senseless, senseless killing of characters in that first episode just felt very disjointed of of, you know, some of the issues we have with other zombie content where you're just, you're just killing main characters for the sake of killing them off. And the zombies are few and far between. And there's even more chaos in this first episode that we don't get an explanation for what's happening. There is a fight between two groups and nobody in either group looks familiar until like almost the end of the episode. And I was like, okay, So they're fighting. Why am I supposed to care about this? I don't even know which side's the good guys and which side's the bad guys. Yeah, like all-out war. It's like all-out war, but I don't know either side, so why do I care? Like, like, it's like they thought the idea would intrigue people, and I'm like, no, I've seen this before. It's called The Walking Dead. But at least in The Walking Dead, I knew what side I was supposed to root for. Otherwise, I'm just watching chaos. Yeah, you nailed it. And so... They introduced this guy with a beard in a red coat with a flak vest on. And it's, they make you believe he is the bad guy or a bad guy, like he's their Negan or something. But you don't really get enough personality from him to establish anything except that people are doing what he says. And he takes Sun and she's supposed to lead him to a house because she knows the direction of the house. Well, they get on a snowbl- they get on a snowmobile. They go out into a field, and you can see the house from the field. I'm like, why did they need directions to this house? If they had just walked five fifty, walked fifty feet in a different direction, they'd have seen the goddamn house. It wasn't that far, and yeah. that's where we were introduced to Jamie King again. And 
everything in that situation makes no sense. Um, there's a guy that wants to get in the house, so he brings her firewood, and he's clearly a bad guy, or what we might perceive as a bad guy, he is not friends with her. And she keeps a gun pointed at him the whole time, which, fine, whatever. And then out of nowhere, he, like, looks at her daughter, like, out of the corner of his eye, right? Yeah. And she's, like, accusing him of, like, wanting to rape her daughter or something. And I'm like, did I miss something? He, like, looked at the daughter. I would look at the daughter, too. There's people in the room. I want to make sure someone's not going to shoot me. And I was like, ugh. And, again, the rest of the episode is pretty crappy. It goes in a direction you pretty much think. And where Ryan missed out is the start of episode two. There is a guy. It's introduced that he's a police officer. And uh, he says goodbye to his family or whatever. It sounds like they may be dead and locked in a room in his house. He realizes he has to go back in the house to get something that he forgot. He goes back in the house. He comes back out. He puts on his winter coat. And it's revealed he's the Negan guy from the first episode. But he doesn't have a beard yet. So that's why you didn't recognize him. And I was like, oh. And, and that's kind of what this show does. This whole show feels like somebody's college film project. Where they didn't have a lot of money. Or they didn't have enough skills to write a really good script. So they just threw a bunch of vignettes hoping that, a, that somebody would give them a chance to make something. That's what this feels like. Yeah. Um, my, my biggest problem with the second season is that uh, snow zombies make no difference. They're, they're the exact same. So I checked out like I was like, well, maybe at least if we get some like snow stuff and it and it the snow stuff we got was essentially two random armies shooting at each other and senselessly killing each other with a couple of zombies present. But the zombies still run no problem. And it's like, yeah, OK, guys, like if you're not going to try to do something interesting with the season or the setting and you're just going to have humans fighting humans and zombies just being present, I, I just I struggle with it. I mean, my my final thought here is that, again, don't watch this for the plot. Don't watch it for the characters. Don't even watch it for the action. Like, if you're just a huge fan of zombies and you want to have some, you know, no-brainer, nonsense zombie content to have in the background, that's that's what this is. It's a good second monitor, monitor fodder, but don't expect... Don't focus on it. Yeah, definitely don't focus on it. The more you watch it and p- actually pay attention to it, the more plot holes and the more annoyances you Yeah, uh, 100%. I think it's just one of those things where you you have to go in knowing that this is not good zombie content and it's just something that you can have on in the background. And I think that's where I struggled uh with this show and honestly you know you know it it sucks to say this you know 40 minutes into the conversation but i feel like we should have made a call maybe by episode four of like this isn't the type of show that we should be spending time talking about um there's a reason we didn't do week to week or season to season of z nation or what have you like obviously we can't cover everything but there's a reason we didn't do it with z nation because it would have it would have resulted in episodes like this where we just this this hurts me as much as it probably hurts folks at home like i don't like to have these type of conversations it's sad because z nation had its moments there's an episode where they're trying to get the liberty bell and it's dragging behind them and the liberty bell kills a bunch of zombies and it's and as much as i didn't enjoy the show it has its moments where you go oh and this has none of those moments. It was like somebody watched C Nation 
and decided we're going to take all the charm and wit of the show out of it. Which Z Nation has a couple episodes that do that. And every time Z Nation has an episode that does that, it kind of takes you out of what's going on. And and this this is like the worst episodes of Z Nation. But, <sighs> but, but one after another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to call it there. I think that uh, we've given Black Summer enough uh, enough attention. Um, if, if you enjoyed Black Summer, certainly let us know. Maybe we're missing something. I, I really don't think we are because we we're pretty thorough tonight. Uh, but speaking of solid drama zombie content uh, coming up on Zam, we are going to be talking about the premiere of season 11 of The Walking Dead on our next episode. Yes, it premieres on August 22nd. So just in time for our next episode. And uh, we'll have even more to talk about on what's uh, in store for the future of Zombies Ain't My Podcast. So look forward to that. Lou, that is going to do it for our episode this week. We have conquered Black Summer. It's done. It's over with. We don't have to do it again. We've made our call. Um, but if you want to share your, your you know, share in our disappointments or... Um, let us know how wrong we are. You can join our Discord at uh, bit.ly slash zampdiscord where we can have a lovely conversation of uh, what you thought of Black Summer. Um, I also want to thank the patrons. If you like the content we're producing here, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. And finally, uh, check out our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. You'll find links to all our fun stuff, including our email, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. And while you're on Twitter, you can follow me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. And finally, a shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his art at joelduggan.com. You've been looking at his artwork every time you listen to one of our episodes. He did a fantastic job on our album artwork, and I can't say that enough. Um, this has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, but before we go, Lou, please leave us with some knowledge that you may or may not have mined from Black Summer. Black Summer taught me one thing. In the zombie apocalypse, you never stop to help anybody because they're all going to shoot you. <laughs> yeah, they all have guns when they're, you know, when you're trying to help them. But they never have a gun when, when, when they need to help you. Ugh. Exactly. Exactly.